Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Wrapping up a week with some interesting things happening on the livestock side. We're going to really dive into what's been going on within this cattle market. Where are we pipeline-wise? Are we seeing some decent retail demand? Now we're already, might as well say, heading into the month of February. When some early talks about restaurants really starting to open up, does that mean we're going to see a pickup? Is it possible for more prices for the cattle producer? We'll get all into that and a lot more as Brad Coima joins us. He is with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. So let's start here. We've got some demand driven in this cattle market. The market, you know, Susan, thanks for having me on, by the way. Um, obviously, you know, anybody that's taken Econ 101, you know, they told you about supply and demand, right? Um, um, I, 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 I nearly got tossed out of an Econ 101 class here that they asked me to teach for one day here because I tried to tell them that, you know, really perception of supply, perception of demand is actually more accurate than maybe the real part. But uh, so supply, most uh, fundamental analysts, uh, you know, can kind of get their uh, – get their arms around what supply is, right? What's the slaughter and what's the weight and all that other sort of thing. Um, demand is much, much, much more difficult uh, to predict. And, and uh, demand bull markets, which is what I believe that this is what this is, are are even more difficult. Um, you know, demand is, is kind of a whatever the, the blink or the, the gleam in the eye of the consumer is, right? Um, I think what happened here, and I think we've maybe touched on this a little bit before, but um, you know, think, you know, roll, roll back here six weeks, um, going into the first of January. What did we, what, what would the industry, what any, what would a prudent businessman in the industry do? Well, he would be kind of worried, wouldn't he, about a spike in COVID after the holidays? That's what they were telling us. Worried perhaps about with a different administration that there might be a much more aggressive, uh, shutdown perspective, you know, in terms of the economy or, or specifically of more restaurants, et cetera. Um, so I think you, you, you got the pipeline down to where they were hand to mouth. Nobody wanted to be, whether you were V or whether you were uh, uh, Costco or whether you were a, you know, even a, a, a procure or a, you know, a packer, you don't want to be, you didn't want to be sitting on a whole bunch of supply, um, in case, uh, you know, things get, get worse, um, or the slowdown, you know, so, so we had a very empty pipeline and now. As we are, you know, turning the page on this month, we have found out that retail demand continues to be unbelievable. Uh, I think we got a consumer out here with, that got trained that he could cook his own steak, she could cook his own her own steak over the summer, uh, finding out that they must be figuring out a way to do it in the winter. I, I read some statistics about the spike in uh, internet uh, searches for recipes, beef recipes, and and all that other stuff. Um, so. All of a sudden, we find out, you know, we don't have enough to meet the needs. Uh, the stuff is flying off the shelf. It's that the, the packer is, is able to sell what he's got procured and, and killed. So it's a pretty neat deal. Um, where the end of that is, is is very difficult to predict. But my experience would say that these things usually last longer than what most people expect. That was really a long answer. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're fine because, you know, you look at where the supply is at right now. And I think there was a lot of concerns that all the COVID would continue and the frustrations would continue as we went into the new year. Looking at the pipeline wise, though, are we going to be able to keep up with the demand as it picks up, knowing that we're going to have to go from maybe the the retail side of it back to the restaurant side a bit well you bring up a good point i, I think it's a little early to, to get you know 
real cocky about you know the the H and R the restaurant trade. I you know I, I keep thinking about the second half of this year. Um, you know most you know, back to the supply side deal. Statistically, we thought that there was probably more cattle the first quarter of this year than there was in the last quarter of last year. Uh, I'm starting to question whether we're not getting through most of that because the weather's been so good. I think we've pulled cattle forward. But, uh, you know, I think most uh, in agreement that there's fewer cattle for the third and fourth quarter, especially the fourth quarter of this coming year. So if you would couple that with, say, uh, uh, some sort of move back toward normalcy in the restaurant trade, you know, piggyback that on top of how good the retail is, is we could have kind of a fun little deal here in terms of demand. So now the trick is to get the packer to share that profit. I mean, we got a 233 box today, and we're, you know, we're excited that we can get 113 for cash cattle. I, uh, I'm still frustrated with the large spread between uh, uh, what the what the producer's getting and what the what the Packers getting. End of month um, is here, and you and I were talking before we started the Fontenelle final bell. You said 16 of the 18 months have been lower. Yeah, I believe that. You know, so we talked all this bullish stuff yet, and then everybody on the on the on radio is going like, "Well, what's wrong with Brad? Doesn't he know that the cattle were lower today?" Yeah, I, I do know they were lower today. Uh, I, 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 I would use the excuse today that we had some end of month selling, which, as you highlighted, has been a real pattern lately. I. Don't quote me exactly on that. I should have looked it up before we went on air. But there's been a ridiculous uh, uh, number of times here where the last day of the month, uh, the market's taken on quite a bit of selling. I don't understand exactly why the, the funds do that, but it seems to have been the pattern. But today we also had a little nudge in the back, I'm afraid, from the stock market. That had its worst close. Well, it's not closed yet, but that's had its about as bad a day as it's had for a while, you know, under some moving averages, different things like that on the S&P. So uh, I think that probably, uh, you know, encouraged a little bit of profit-taking there in the cattle today as well. Did that have any, the stock market have any effect on the hogs? I don't know what affects hogs. Um, you know, um, the uh, remember them in 4-H. You know, they never wanted to go where you wanted them to go, right? I, you know, the hog thing has had a from last week to this week. It's been amazing. It's about time. Uh, we have been supported greatly there by export business. A nice round of it again this week to China, and you need that because we're producing the snot out of it, obviously. So, uh, finally, the hog guy's getting a turn in the saddle. I. You know, I thought these June hogs, you know, should go up in the 80s. Now we're there. Um, could we get a little correction from here? I suppose. Um, I, you know, I, I continue to hear talk about uh, difficult to procure pigs, some purse problems. You got some buildings uh, that aren't full by any means because they can't get enough of the pigs that they usually do. So I'm going to stay a little bit supply side friendly there going into the second quarter of the year. All right. We'll stick around, folks. More is to come up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. On KRBF. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Now, this is totally meant uh, tongue-in-cheek when I say this. But first of all, Brad Coima joins us again for the second half with Coima, Coima, and Varlick. And we were talking about the large amount of corn uh, that has been sold just in the last 24, 48 hours. And all I could think of, Brad, is... Uh, that, that, there was a ton of it sold this week, right? Uh, there we corn. go. That's what we're talking Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so what's well, going fact, on? It, yes, well, it's, you know, I think most of the people that care about corn probably have heard some of the the, the, the statistical stuff this week. But suffice it to say, I, I think that I, th- I thought I saw somewhere that of the fifteen largest one day sales ever, seven of them were this week or so, or within the last ten days or something like that. We had a one week sale of a little over two hundred thirty million bushels of corn to China this week. 
230 million bushels of corn. It, it, it's staggering. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know we've talked about this, you know, and I, and, and China's rebuilding their, their hawker and we're the only source for this feed and, uh, for corn anyway, at least right now, um, until there's a, a, a southern hemisphere crop uh, that's coming in. So, uh, but yeah, at the pace they're going, it's it's amazing. And I've heard some people say, "Well, it's the it's the Bernie, or excuse me, not Bernie, it's the Biden, uh, you know, bump that they want to make it look like uh, they really like what's going on, and they're going to, you know, try to get this relationship off to a good start." I I don't I don't really think there's anything to it. I think it's I think to me it's they they've, they've got hogs and they need feed um, now. Today was frustrating, I thought, in some ways to me, because there's I got an old saying stuck here to one of many in the office that says, when you whip the horse, he had better run. The news this week has been relentlessly bullish on the corn, and what do we have to show for it, really? You know, I mean, it's higher, yeah. It, it had a pretty good week, yeah. Well, we Until finally, at 105 today, we finally punched out that, that 550 level and then didn't weren't quite able to close above it, but... 550 is a big deal on the weekly charts, Susan, and uh, all the way back to a number of years ago. I, I think that that level is still going to be kind of formidable resistance. Uh, I mean, it, we can't lose a crop here in February. Um, so I, I'm not bearish. I just wonder, you know, with all the good news, I thought we actually should have maybe traded a little better uh, today than we did. But I'm curious, as you look at these numbers that come in from China, some huge huge numbers that were, were taken in from the U.S., but we keep hearing that our supplies are going to be tighter. Does that make you nervous as you look at what's going out the door, which what might not be staying in the bin? Well, I, I, I guess nervous. Um, I'm not sure that that's the word I'd use. I, you know, I, I think one needs to be prudent if you're an end user. Uh, you know, if you're a ethanol plant, if you're a cattle feeder or, you know, livestock feeder, I, you know, I, I think the market's telling you that you should be very careful about, you know, considering having your needs met or your, your, your costs covered. Um, you know, for the guy that's raising the stuff, I'm just happy for him. After five years of 350 corn, that doesn't work, Susan. You know, so I'm glad we can finally talk about some opportunities here both now and and going into next year or even the year after i am highlighting some strategies for some of these guys of you know thinking about uh, uh you know this crop for a year or two down the road because it's finally at levels that that uh, you know certainly have the potential to be nicely profitable for them so yeah i you're not going to run out i mean if that's what we're nervous about don't be nervous about that because you don't uh, what you do is you ration it and you get to a price high enough where we figure out another way, something else to use for it. Now, to me, I see no signals or signs of that at all, uh, that we've started that, um, either in the corn or the beans. So, um, I, you know, I be prudent, be, you know, don't get all crazy here. It's the end of January. Uh, but, you know, I think a little bit of the sobering part of this thing, Susan, would be is what if we get to June and it's still dry? Uh, then you put a short crop on top of a already extremely tight situation in terms of ending stocks. Then you got a rodeo on your hands. Any worries or any not worries? That's not the right word I want to use. The Brazil harvest is underway. So does that open up the opportunity for China to leave the U.S. and go go south? 
Absolutely, if they have a crop. Uh, I mean, depending upon the size of the crop and how much commitment's been made. I thought that was some of the thing that held back the, the beans all week this week uh, as they started to pick around some of the northern harvest there in Brazil. That's where it's actually been raining. That's where their crop is actually fine. Uh, in fact, there was even a little bit of chatter that, oh, it's a, still a big crop and we, everybody was wrong. And we had some weakness in the soybeans because of that. But, you know, as that harvest, and that harvest, that's a big country. You know, it'll take months for them to, to, to do their harvest as they move through it. Um, it's much like, you know, going from Canada to, to, to Texas here. Um, it's the south that it's been dry. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Give us a call, 800-358. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, so they're not suitable for all investors. Brad Coima joining us today with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And the Fontenelle Final Bell is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and Spotify as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.